Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Laurie A. Couture, author of Instead of Medicating and Punishing. um, Author of Instead of Medicating and Punishing, Healing the Causes of Our Children's Acting Out Behavior by Parenting and Educating the Way Nature Intended. Welcome to Episode 5 of The Free and Joyful Childhood. Uh, This show discusses attachment, parenting, unschooling, natural family living, and how the mainstream culture harms children, families, and humanity, and what we can do about it to to change our lives. Today's show um, is about how children learn all the time, uh, regardless of where they are or what time of day it is or or what activities they're doing. I was inspired to uh, record a show today about this um, after somebody posted on Facebook something very interesting. Um, One of the the comments that I have heard over and over um, with the rhetoric on schools and improving schools and, and education reform is this whole idea that children need to learn how to learn or that uh, educators uh, say that we need to teach children how to learn. Um, when I hear that, it, I just find that almost um, that the word oxymoronic. Uh, you know, an oxymoron is is something that is an impossibility. It's a it's a set of words put together that cancel each other out because they're impossible. Um, and to say that a child needs to learn how to learn. Is uh, is making the assumption that there is something wrong with their with their hardware in their brain that their their brains are not functioning. Um, there's a interesting story that I read back when I was a teenager in in a mainstream magazine. It was about a, an incredible family that had adopted several children that had very severe physical disabilities. Um, some of these children were were so severely disabled that their doctor the doctors had said that these children wouldn't even talk or learn or move or do anything they would just lie there in a crib all day there was one one boy in the family who was born with with no arms or legs and just flipper type uh appendages and he had no cerebrum in his no no actual brain in his head other than a brain stem inside of his skull and so the doctor stated that this child would literally just lie there in a crib and would not be able to interact or move or do anything well one of the siblings um, one day removed him from his crib and to the family's absolute delight they found him crawling around with the siblings and he had figured out how to push one of the doors open to get out, get out of a room. And the parents went upstairs when they heard kind of all this banging around and they they found their son, who they were told would never make any sort of vocalization or sound, um, would never make any movements on his own. They, They found their son making vocalizations and kind of flopping around on the on the floor pushing the door with his one of his other siblings that had a so-called physical disability. And now this is a child that only has a brain stem in his head, which means there is no um 
gray matter, no no cerebrum, which is pretty much what keeps us alive. The medulla, which is the brainstem, is is the reptilian function. And so I think it's interesting that even a child that does not have a brain as we know it is even able to learn. So all the more reason why it's impossible when people say children can't learn without being taught. So if 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 educators and education supporters can convince the public that children need to be taught how to learn, that there's a specific way that only experts can get their hands around that can that that can teach children how to learn. Well then that then convinces parents that they're incompetent that gee, we don't know how how to make children learn. We don't know how children learn. So therefore we we need to send our children to these experts. Well, as soon as as these educators can convince parents of that, then that just completely shoots down this whole idea that children are just as able to learn sitting at home with mom and dad or outside playing or up in a tree or doing any other activity as they are sitting down there being forced and crammed into facts. Well, I actually like to take it a step further. I believe that in school settings, especially public school settings, traditional school settings, I believe that what children are doing is not actually learning. I I think that what they're doing is more memorizing and suppressing themselves and tolerating than actual learning based on their own internal innate drive to explore something, try it on, look at it, tinker around with it and say, gee, I want to learn more about this. I want to figure this out. And, and then experience it and do it. In in a public school setting, you have an adult that has a federal agenda that they have to push. It's not even their own agenda. It's, it's the government's agenda. Telling a group of children, you all have to know and learn and do this thing. And if you don't do that then you're you're seen as incompetent in some way or or not smart or learning disabled. And and what I say is that that children learn all the time. There is no such thing as a learning disability. There are learning differences. Some some of us are kinesthetic learners. Most of us are kinesthetic learners. That means we learn with our hands, with our bodies. We learn by touching things, manipulating things, exploring things, taking things apart, putting them together, getting our hands dirty, you know, painting, drawing, moving things. Those are kinesthetic learners. Those children are the ones who do the worst in school and the ones that are labeled as learning disabled. There are verbal learners, verbal and auditory learners, people who talk and listen in order to learn. Those are actually the smallest group of people, and that's what school is most geared towards. And then there are those who learn by seeing, watching, and reading. And most of us, though, learn with a combination of two of those, and some people learn with all three. I know for me personally, I'm an extremely kinesthetic learner. I I need to do it. I need to see it, do it, 
in order to learn it. I, I learn the least with auditory. Uh, auditory learning almost it doesn't register at all for me, unless it's something I really, really am interested in. For me, I need hands-on. I need to see it. I need to do it. And I need to do it as I'm seeing it. Now, children that learn with my style of learning really don't fare well in public school because you can't get up out of your seat and go and do an experiment in the middle of listening to some lecture about something. You know, if the teacher's talking about Benjamin Franklin in the in the whole kite and key experiment, the child can't go out and grab a key and grab a kite and start hitching it together and 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 sort of uh you know going through the motions of of what Ben Franklin did because you have to sit there and just listen to the teacher tell you about it. You can't sit there at your desk and draw a picture of Ben Franklin doing that unless that happens to be the assignment and then and only then that picture better look like Ben Franklin. It can't be an abstract that looks like a Picasso or it can't be some sort of a concept of Ben Franklin's ideas or some abstract painting of of what Franklin's ideas mean to you. So I just think it's interesting because that brings us back to this whole idea of play. Um, I noticed that more and more in the mainstream, play is starting to get some airplay, <laughs> if you will. Um, more and more people are starting to realize, okay, the last uh, last couple decades here of taking play out of public schools, that, that's just not working here. This idea of cutting recess and and no free free time and free play in the classroom that that's just not working well they're finding that that that, uh, that more and more that that uh people are willing to step up professionals are willing to step up to say that you know that that isn't uh, healthy for children so if the mainstream's starting to realize that then to me that's a good sign but the reality is it's not about restoring a an extra recess or or a little bit of free time the the issue here is is that children learn all the time children learn the most while they're playing and play is the very means by which children learn if you look at any mammal mammals learn by playing nature intended us as humans to learn through play when we're little children love to play they enjoy playing it's fun for them and therefore they're learning as a result of the fun they're not learning because they're being told to learn or because learning is the goal they're learning because it's fun to play and and because it's fun what they've learned has more meaning it it, it sticks it's deep it it's profound and and it's and it's learning that sticks with them it's almost like muscle memory. It's imprinted in them because they played. So when public schools have children sit at desks and do paperwork and it's just this mindless busy work and, there's, and they take away any semblance of fun or joy from that, then children aren't really learning. They're just adapting. They're, they're adapting like a mouse has to adapt in a... A maze, one of those Skinner box rats, where they have to run around and condition themselves to learn to press this button in order to get this stimulus, 
or press this button to get the adverse stimulus to stop. That's what happens to children in school. They have to learn that if they don't keep working, that adverse stimulus is going to keep happening. So they learn to press the buttons. Um, if you ask me, that, that that's pretty devoid of learning. It interferes with their learning. They're still learning. They're learning how to suffer. But we want children to learn enjoy. We want, want children to learn because it's, it makes them happy, because it's joyful, because it enriches them. It builds them as people. It it, it helps them become who they are wired to be, that whatever innate purpose they have, it helps them get to where that is. It, it makes them happy. They, they they become competent in their own minds, which is m- more important than some idea of measure of success based on how uh, much money you can make for, for the capitalistic system. So, of course, the best way for children to learn is through unschooling. I, I think you knew I was going to say that. And unschooling, of course, is allowing children to learn and grow by living their lives, by by do, by following their own interests and passions and, and desires and letting them direct their own life, their own education. So I appreciate you joining me for the fifth episode of the Free and Joyful Childhood. I hope you will visit my website, lauriercouture.com, and I hope you will read my blog, um, my latest uh, blog entry is putting the joy back into a day in the life of an industrial-sized child. Also, you can help me raise $350 towards a box of my books that I can sell at the Life Rocks Unschooling Conference in April 2011. Um, I am a single mom that's had a huge amount of medical expenses this year, and I need some help raising money for that. And you can do that at my blog. Um, and that's at lauriacouture.com. So thank you very much for joining me on the show. Again, this is Laurie A. Couture, your host at lauriacouture.com. Thank you. <laughs>